Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And welcome back to The Advertising Show. It's being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising show, Big Radio Midgets production with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here and a very special guest out of Westchester, New York. Her name is Leslie Zane, president at the Center for Emotional Marketing. We're going to talk to Leslie here in just a few moments on the advertising show. A lot of great stuff coming your way, too. Uh, Patrick Meyer, as always, is with us. He's our marketing insider, and he's going to talk about limited edition. That is a little bit later on this hour. Also, Jeffrey Gittimer, our sales trainer. Identify the risk and then go figure out a way to solve it. That's the way you get uh, great sales as well. So it's all about advertising and marketing, and we'll talk to Leslie here in just a few moments. So what do you have there? Well, I'm looking forward to uh, visiting with Leslie today in uh, Westchester, New York. For those that are not familiar, that's where you move after you've made all the money in Manhattan, and then you move out to Westchester. And then you own Manhattan, and then you move to Westchester. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Anyway, we're, I'm doing very well this weekend, and uh, I had a story I was going to, and it just totally has evaporated and don't know where it went. So <laughs> Look under I your will chair it, there. Oh, there it is. Like, oh, there it goes. No, actually, uh, what I found interesting that I wanted to share with you, and this is right up your alley, Ray, you know, what we're all paying for now, you may be able to actually get free later. And, of course, what am I talking about? Do not know. What's Pay-to-watch pay sites like iTunes oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and others. Yeah. yeah, apparently Forrester uh, believes that sales of movie and TV shows will hit an all-time high in 07, with sales expected to top $279 million, up from $98 million, but the growth in sales will likely slow starting in 08 with the availability of subscription services and, more importantly, mm -hmm. ad-supported content like the currently offered by uh, the broadcast networks, 9%. Sure of Internet users have paid to download. That's only 9% have paid oh, to well. download a TV show or a movie, the study found, and they spent an average of 14 big bucks doing so in 2006. In the past year alone, Microsoft, Apple, Walmart, Amazon began offering movies and TV shows to buy for, dan for download. So, oh, really? you know, it'll be interesting. They say that they're peaking now with, and, of course, you know, we'll talk more later about... Uh, uh, changes over, not changes, but new innovations with uh, ABC and, and NBC this uh, year with their uh, mm -hmm. websites and various uh, product offerings that they're going to make available to consumers there, which is rather interesting, and we'll save that for later. It's all getting better, though, isn't it? It's, it's good it really stuff is. on the web. Uh, yeah. uh, we've got the um, the Super Bowl coming. Well, it's maybe it's a little bit early, too early to talk about the Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah. but it, it Next still year's. is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, News Corp's uh, Fox Sports expected to announce an agreement with corporate uh, sibling MySpace and the NFL. It'll give uh, Super Bowl TV advertisers a larger web presence as well as during the game. Uh, according to a media report, the announcement uh, came from uh, News Corp. And it uh, comes just ahead of uh, an upfront market uh, when some $9 billion in ad money committed to the following uh, television season. Wall Street Journal reporting its online edition. Uh, you can take a look at the Wall Street Journal story there as well. Uh, but Fox uh, is going to broadcast the Super Bowl. By the way, if you're booking the, the room <laughs> and mm -hmm. getting ready by the TV, it's February 3rd. And MySpace hopes to stand out by promising extras such as on-air promotions on the site during the game. Uh, advertisers also are going to be able to offer customers uh, calls to action 
after their spots run online. See, they're already doing stuff like that already uh, now, uh, which is really, mm-hmm. really cool, with coupons or links to their uh, own sites, for instance, uh, according to this report. For example, uh, studio advertising a movie, you'd be able to show an extended trailer or... You'd also be able to place uh, ads like uh, like they are on uh, the personal MySpace pages as well. Hmm. Watching the ads, there are typically 60 to 30s during a broadcast. It's become right. an online sport itself. The long list of online polls and viewing sites. Uh, so it's, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it, it, you, does it uh, mention where the uh, Super Bowl will be played February 3rd? You may be the first to promote this uh, so far this year. Uh, no. No mention. No. No. Having the faintest idea. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about uh, innovation and television. Apparently, newspapers aren't the only media companies downsizing. This will blow your mind. Recently, the Nielsen Company eliminated positions numbering in the double digits in its Tampa and Los Angeles offices, among others, while declining to offer specifics, Ray. A company spokesperson said the layoffs are the result of last year's restructuring of the TV ratings, giant company, their company, the restructuring, and and that they announced uh, that they are willing to admit to uh, laying off 10% of their workforce, which works out to, are you ready for this, 4,000 people. Wow. They're not alone. (laughs) A lot of companies are going that route. They're saying, wait a minute, we got too many people here. The world of media is changing. Uh, Every day, absolutely. Leslie Zane will be with us here momentarily, Westchester, New York, uh, president for the Center for Emotional Marketing. A lot of good stuff out of there. And uh, we'll talk to Leslie here for a few segments on the advertising show. Right now, let's check in with Jeffrey Gittimer. And uh, let's listen to what he has to say. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. A risk of purchase is some mental or physical barrier, real or imagined, that causes a person to hesitate or rethink ownership of what it is that you're trying to sell them. As a salesperson, your job is to identify the risk and eliminate it. Interestingly, risk is harder to identify than it is to eliminate. What is risk to some people is a walk in the park to others. What may seem ordinary or of no consequence to the salesperson is huge to the prospect. What may be just a few thousand dollars to some people may be, oh my gosh, $3,000 to other people. Now, risk is actually a lack of confidence, a lack of trust, and a lack of believability either in the product or the service or the company or the salesperson or maybe the customer doesn't believe in themselves enough. The absence of these elements causes doubt and rethinking the purpose of the purchase. Now, you may think that it's an objection or a barrier. I'm looking at it as a risk. The aspect of risk is a subtle one. Only the best of salespeople will get this concept and harness it. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. There we go. It's uh, Jeffrey Gittimer. Thanks, Jeffrey. <laughs> With Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Uh, young adults want their news, Brad. They do, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. 
And they're not going to NBC, CBS, ABC, even, you know, all those other uh, mainstream type things. Uh, basically, they're looking at Jon Stewart uh, yeah. uh, on the iPod. Uh, views of watching network news is something my parents do. Huh. Uh, before Katie Kirk was signed last year, rumors surfaced that uh, Comedy Central's Jon Stewart might be in the running uh, to anchor the CBS Evening News. That would be a yeah. tough... Wouldn't it be tough switch? So, but yeah. it, but he's good where he's at right now. Right. Uh, but basically, what they're saying, the idea may not be as ludicrous as it sounds. If Stewart did anchor the big three evening newscast, young adults might actually watch the newscast because <laughs> they're not doing it now. They're in favor of uh, mavericks like Stewart's The Daily Show, which probably probably bills itself as the most trusted name in fake news. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. So again. Even, you know, we talk about the face of media changing daily. Look at what's going on with the news and such. Yeah, and, you know, somebody asked us about uh, Katie Kirk and what we thought would happen uh, as she would, had announced going to CBS, and we yeah. both agreed that there's just only so much of an available audience at that time in the uh, early evening, and it doesn't matter, you know, I hate to tell you this, but I don't think it really matters who's delivering the news in terms of drawing audience. And if... Uh, if uh, well, who's the other guy that uh, came out of uh, Stewart's uh, Colbert or Colbain? What Col- is the guy? Col- Colbert. 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 Kind of yeah. like a fine cheese. Yeah. yeah. Well, he. <laughs> if uh, Stewart is uh, Walter Cronkite, Colbert is uh, what Dan Rather. Probably so. Yeah. Well, that's scary, isn't it? <laughs> and he's got a great show too. But mm-hmm. I think it's funny. It's it's real interesting. What's you know? First of all, okay, we've got newspapers now that are, uh, you know, up in up in arms about what are they going to do about uh, maintaining the. Uh, uh, the, the trees that they chopped down and the blanket right. they put it on. Right. Uh, so it uh, looks like Network News is doing the same thing. We've got more on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth coming up next. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Hot dogs, armor hot dogs. What kinds of kids eat armor hot dogs? Well, we are coming up here on a holiday weekend. As a matter of fact, in the middle of one. So I guess hot dogs, Brad, we talked about that off the air. Hot dogs mm-hmm. are appropriate. Oh, I, yeah. I'll take a burger. Thank you very much. <laughs> Maybe a, a buffalo burger. That would be great. Leslie soy Zane burger. is our special guest. A soy burger would be great. Fantastic. Yeah. Leslie Zane out of Westchester, New York, is the president of uh, the Center for Emotional Marketing. If there's one thing uh, that Leslie Zane is zany about, it's insights. Uh, fortuitous at the uh, consultancy she started back in 95, the Center for Emotional Marketing specializes in developing brand positioning and new products that create a stronger and more emotional connection with consumers. And isn't that what it's all about? Using the most insight uh, than any other branding uh, position consultancy. Uh, she's called the brand positioning guru. Now, we're all sitting in the lotus position here. Mm-hmm. I see Leslie is as well. I, well actually, I can't see her because she's on the phone. But, Leslie, welcome to the Advertising Show. So good to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here, Ray and Brad. Nice to meet both of you. Thank you. And who, other than the incense that we can smell wafing in the background there, who, who termed you as the guru there? Was that one of your colleagues? I, I hope it was my clients. I think it was my clients. I yeah. mean, brand positioning is my thing, So, I, but I didn't come up with that, trust me. I, yeah, I don't well. have that big an ego. Well, and you should be honored that others are referring to you that way. Well, first off, for our audience that may not be familiar, uh, share with us what the uh, Center for Emotional Marketing is all about. Sure. The Center for Emotional Marketing is a brand positioning consulting firm with both qualitative market research and creative capabilities. 
about half of our work is new products and about half of our work is existing brand repositionings. And what we do is the stage that comes before the advertising is ever seen, so the strategic process before the ads you see on air. And you guys, I would assume, develop uh, strategic marketing plans before the uh, before the advertising gets involved for clients? Exactly. We stay yeah. involved all the way from the identification of consumer insights to the development of the creative brief, and then the advertising agency takes over. But we work with the agencies and the marketers all the way through. Mm-hmm. And uh, as president, uh, give us a sense of what you do at the at the center there, other than obviously run the show. Um, well, I interact with my clients, and my key goal is to help uh, marketers find a way to get consistent, effective advertising. You know, all the time, not just a random event, not just once every ten years, but all the time. And so, what we're trying to do is help marketers. Um, really understand all the different facets of brand building today. It's not just a set of words. It's understanding really the intangibles of your brand, things like imagery, emotional benefits. Uh, there's a tendency to just look at, you know, dry product benefits, but we try to help them look at the entire picture. Mm-hmm. And you, your background, uh, you, you worked at consultancy Bain and Company. You also have background with uh, P&G as well as Johnson & Johnson and, and Avon and Revlon. Why, what was the motivation behind forming uh, the Center for Emotional Marketing? Well, first of all, working at all those companies, Johnson & Johnson, Revlon, Avon, P&G, I, I tended to work on image-oriented businesses like cosmetics, skin care, baby toiletries, and I saw pretty early on that it was really the positioning that made the brand. We would have successful new products. We would have unsuccessful new products. And what distinguished the successes from the failures was generally whether we had a good positioning or not. So I learned pretty quickly that emotion and imagery were really, really important. But I didn't feel that any one of those companies had a great approach for consistently making it happen. So we set off to create an approach at the Center for Emotional Marketing that would get consistent results all the time. Uh, that approach is, is called brandvertising, and I can tell you more, more about that. Yeah, and what year was that when you went off to, to create the company? I did that in 1995, so we've been out here about 12 years. And just for credibility, I know you have uh, confidentiality agreements with many of your clients, as you would expect uh, a company at your stage of working with uh, clients on development of new products, etc. But for those that you can speak of, give us a sense of who some of your clients are. Um, our, our major clients are Colgate Palmolive, um, makers of Colgate toothpaste and Palmolive uh, dishwashing liquid, uh, Master Foods, which makes uh, Snickers, Three Musketeers, Twix, M&M's, uh, Procter & Gamble is a client. We work for the Gillette division. And within PepsiCo, we do work for Frito-Lay as well as Quaker Oats. Those mm-hmm. are a few examples. And, you know, obviously by way of the name of your company, the Center for Emotional Marketing, you would say that obviously it's suggesting that you feel that emotion is a is a key to good advertising. But, you know, we've often heard from other consultants and, and uh, marketing and branding gurus, so if I can use that term to steal from you a little bit there, that uh, consumers today buy not only with their heart but with their head. How does that uh, reconcile in your thoughts? That's a great question. Um, what we now know about the way consumers' minds work is that emotion is really the key driver of most decisions. 
and it's really at that subconscious level. A lot of the rational decisions, like making a decision on price or evaluating different uh, attributes, is, is at a rational level that's, a, that's on a conscious level, but it's really the subconscious, uh, the subconscious of your brain that really is the key driver of most decisions. And there are plenty of, um, you know, Harvard studies that you could read that, that demonstrate that. But at the same time, I totally feel that advertising needs to have a balance of both emotional benefits and functional benefits. Um, you, you need to entice the consumer to pay attention to your advertising and lure them in with emotional benefits and wonderful imagery. But then you, have to, you must give them something to buy. You have to give them something to sink their teeth into. I addressed this um, very particular issue in an article in Brand Week called "Is Your Advertising Too Emotional?" Because uh, you don't want the pen- pendulum to swing, you know, too much one way or too much the other. It, you really need to have a balance. So, how when, do you go about striking the uh, sweet spot there, Leslie? Um, generally, the advertising needs to be based on a really strong consumer insight, and that is typically emotionally based. But then. You have to give the consumer a, a product benefit um, that, that's very real and, and very tangible. But we also know uh, from my work on the Advertising Research Foundation, I'm on a, on a wonderful panel called Emotional Response to Advertising, and we're doing all kinds of interesting research with brain waves and so- brain sonograms and um, uh, evaluating consumers' heart rates and heart rate and pulse. Uh, to find out what they really react to on a subconscious level. And we now know that uh, emotion is really coming from many different places within an ad. So you may think that showing a product, for example, well, that's a product-based ad, that's a functional ad, that's a functional benefit, that's, that's not emotional. But in fact, consumers are getting emotion from different places that we didn't even expect. So the whole notion of say, saying, oh, it's all emotional or it's all functional, it's all rational versus all emotion. It, you, you can't even look at it that way anymore. That's seeing the world as way too black and white. Consumers get strong emotional responses to lots of different things. Our special guest here on the Appetizing Show is Leslie Zane, president of the uh, Center for Emotional Marketing. We're going to give you a chance to, uh, to get in touch with Leslie. We've got her email address here in the show. We'll do that a little bit later on. Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth being powered by Shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. It's an incredibly powerful marketing tool with a platform called Tendency. Check it out at uh, Shipple.com. So with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here at the Advertising Show out of uh, Westchester, New York uh, this weekend. It's Leslie Zane back in just a minute with more. Stay with us. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. You are like no other babe ever born. You're fabulous, babe. You know how to reach out and show your love, babe. You're fabulous, babe. 
You're one of the boys, but you are a real girl, baby. See, Leslie, we had a jingle made for you, okay? <laughs> yeah. Fabulous, babe. <laughs> Leslie Zane is our special guest. She is the brand positioning guru. Not a, She doesn't say that about herself. Others do. Uh, Leslie found that uh, precision in the expression of ideas is critical to creating successful communications in a crowded marketplace. Precision in the articulation of benefits and insights is the key uh, to revealing new opportunities and connecting with uh, consumers. Leslie, welcome back to the Advertising Show. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, in the last segment you were talking about how, I guess, am I correct in saying that consumers will have an emotional attachment to outside stimuli but not really be conscious of it? Is that what you were saying? That's exactly right. When something jives with what consumers have in their brains, they like it. We like affirmation. We like to be confirmed as human beings. So when we see imagery that is in sync with images that we have stored in our mind, when we hear language that's the way we say things, then it connects with us, and that's really how you build the connection to brands. So you you talk about consumer insights that are emotionally based. How do you get after that kind of uh, understanding of, of a client's consumer? Well, one of the things we've been doing, I'd say, in the last seven years um, has been talking to creative consumers. Now, you know, about ten years ago, that would really have been a big no-no in marketing because we don't want to, I would say, that marketers felt that that was not a good thing to do. You wanted to speak to a very average consumer, you know, the typical person who walks into the supermarket. But that's very limiting. In a crowded marketplace where you're, you know, craving fresh ideas and you need to uh, find fresh, untapped insights, creative consumers are a wonderful resource. Creative consumers are basically like regular consumers, but they have some special attributes. Um, we recruit people who are more visual, who are highly articulate, who describe themselves as very creative and are a little bit more right-brained than left-brained. And we find that these people are able to tap into their own feelings and attitudes and beliefs at a much easier level, uh, much more intuitively than the average consumer. And so so no possibility of, of getting skewed information by focusing only on the creative consumers, as you call them? Not really. We are using this to get new ideas, to find new ideas. Big companies are still going to evaluate um, the ultimate message down the road with, with the average consumer. But in terms of finding new ideas and fresh, untapped insights, creative consumers, I really believe, is, is the way to go, and it's totally the future. And so it's really um, – and how much of a uh, analytical uh, – basis are your insights, or is it all one-on-one, really doing some digging on what the consumer thinks and how they think? We we do it a couple of different ways. Sometimes we do one-on-one. Sometimes we do groups. We do a lot lot of interactive exercises. We do a lot of work with imagery, again, which I I mentioned earlier, is really a whole area of marketing that uh, isn't paid enough attention to. Um, And if I can just spend a moment on that. Um, We currently, marketers and advertisers, build creative briefs around language, around an expression of a message in words. But it turns out that the way to really build breakthrough creatives is through powerful visuals, visuals that connect with what consumers have stored in their mind visually. And so really we should be spending more more time understanding what imagery means to consumers as part of the upfront strategy development process. 
and building creative briefs around imagery. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's, that's a whole new way to approach advertising development. Yeah, well, most agencies would love for some third party to provide them with their creative brief, right? So that they're just executing somebody else's ideas as opposed to taking all the responsibility themselves, huh? Well, I wouldn't go so far. I don't think <laughs> I, it's not as bad as all that. Yeah. What we're doing is really telling them what visual iconography and what right. visual imagery is in the consumer's minds. Then they can go do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just feeding them insights. We're certainly not telling them what the advertising should look like. Sure. Right. It's, and a nice, I think, it's a nice assist is what's is. Yeah, I think exactly. most agencies would love the help, yeah. and especially today. Wouldn't you think, Ray? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The You know, you, you mentioned, uh, let, let's uh, move off of that for a moment and talk about some of your trademark concepts uh, with your company, uh, the Center for Emotional Marketing, in particular, precise positioning. What exactly is that? And, and if you could describe how precise positioning is different from what other com- uh, competing companies provide their clients. Sure. Well, precise positioning is the name for a service we offer that creates a more specific positioning for brands. You see, all brands today are stepping on each other's toes. Every snack food tells you it's healthier. Every beverage is more refreshing. Every snack bar is going to give you more fuel. Uh, These brand positionings have become totally generic, and they're going in one ear and out the other of consumers. Precision, articulating ideas in a fresh and much more specific way, is really the key to breaking through in today's crowded marketplace of ideas. And so precise positioning is an approach to getting much more precise and specific positioning platforms for brands. And that's that's something that other competitors are not doing, I guess I should add. On that note, let's take a break here, Brad. It's Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsythe. And our special guest, Leslie Zane, is president of the Center for Emotional Marketing. We have one more segment with Leslie. We'll do that in just a moment on the advertising show. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Burgess is a darn good battery. In my hand, I have a Burgess battery, the darn good battery, and that other battery. Now... Tell me what I am doing. Classic spot, Chuck Bloor style on the advertising show with Ray Schillens and Brett Forsyth. 
And our special guest is the president of the Center for Emotional Marketing. It's Leslie Zane. She's been featured as a commentator on marketing trends for CNBC. Ever meet Don Imus? Her byline <laughs> articles have been published in Brand Week, and she has been a speaker of the Advertising Research Foundation, ARF, and the Young President's Organization's YIPO. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Leslie, welcome back to the show. Good to have you here. It's a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, uh, brandvertising. One of our features back when we were uh, a few years ago, we used to have badvertising, didn't we, Ray? Yes, we do. We need to bring yeah. that back. It's good. Well, we should. And uh, brandvertising, a trademarked uh, uh, concept, again, a part of your uh, company. You touched on that last segment. Let's give you a chance to share with our audience what brandvertising is all about. Well, brandvertising is a name I came up with about oh, I don't know, five or eight years ago, um, to describe our company's brand positioning service. But I wanted the name to address really what I see as a great wall that exists between traditional brand positioning, the strategy, and advertising. Brand positioning is supposed to be the strategy. Advertising is supposed to be executional, and never the twain shall meet. There's, There's this great wall between the two. But keeping these two disciplines totally separate just doesn't work anymore. So brandvertising really is trying to communicate that we need to merge these two disciplines, brand positioning and advertising, to create a new approach to brand identity development. And, and the thinking behind that is that we now know that emotional benefits and imagery are not merely executional. So they can't just be left to the advertising development process. They're actually the strategic drivers of your business. They're what consumers connect with most. So they need to be understood earlier in the process with consumers. And we need to provide insights on those elements to creatives so that they can create the best work. So they're empowered. You know, we in this business are all consumers as well. How often are you sitting in the comfort of your living room watching primetime television and see a uh, a commercial by a major advertiser, and they're just totally off the mark and, and not understanding what you're professing today, Leslie? Uh, unfortunately, that happens too often. Uh, very often, we find consumer insights, and we validate them with thousands of consumers and quantitative research studies, and we feed that information to our clients. And six months later, I'll be watching television, and the advertising that supposedly emerged from our work comes on. And frankly, I want to cry because I feel that somehow the message has gotten twisted or turned or morphed or, or that the nuance is slightly different, so it just doesn't say the same thing anymore. And what was a winning concept is no longer. And, and the disconnect is from the silos of ad- advertising agencies and having separate creative versus marketing versus, in your case now, a consultancy and not not uh, taking what your insights are and making sure that they're carried through through the creative process? I, I, you know, I don't think you can really point fingers here. I think there's blame to sort of go around to everybody. Mm-hmm. Marketers don't create precise enough creative briefs. Uh, they want to communicate everything, you know, except the kitchen sink. So it, it, it's their fault that they're not giving more focused and single-minded briefs to their agencies. Agencies have a tendency to not like research so much. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have a, a concern that research is going to make uh, put, put limitations on what they do, and so they don't embrace the research as much as they really should. Um, so you, you have all those different things, and you have different cultures. And you have people, brands changing hands and, you know, all those kinds of things. 
uh, going on. It's not one issue. Um, but certainly, if we could try to maintain the integrity of the insights that we uncover all the way through the executional process, um, that would be a great thing, and it would help everybody do a better job. Leslie, on that note, we say uh, thank you so much for being a part of the advertising show. It's been a blast today. Thank you so much. It was really a lot of fun being here. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. You're great. And we'll give out the uh, the email address for Leslie here in the next uh, segment of the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe back with uh, a segment from uh, Patrick Meyer here. It's called Limited Edition. Stay with us. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. I love Basco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate-flavored Basco is mighty good for me. Welcome back to The Advertising Show. It's Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest, Leslie Zane. The Center for Emotional Marketing. By the way, if you've got a question for Leslie, you can always shoot it through the advertising show at theadvertisingshow.com. But uh, Leslie's email address is lzane at centerforemotionalmarketing.com. And that's where it's at. It, hmm. it, it ends up in Westchester, New York, okay? Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere in Westchester. Uh, this is interesting. I Maybe I don't understand broadband completely, but uh, it says DirecTV may try broadband on power lines. Hmm. I guess, how are they doing it now? Uh, Through uh, k- uh, fiber cable. Fiber optics? Okay. Yeah. Well, they're going to try it mm-hmm. on power lines. That didn't seem like a real good idea. <laughs> no. Just you know, just listening. If you guys are listening, not a good idea. Uh, but DirecTV Group uh, may test delivering the high-speed Internet service through the power lines in a major U.S. city in the coming year. Uh, DirecTV and others talking to companies that specialize in providing broadband through the electrical grid. The CEO Chase Carey said at the Reuters Global Technology Media and Telecom Summit in New York, that must have been one heck of an exciting event. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're not the only ones talking to them, Carey said in a response to a question whether DirecTV would consider a test in a major city. I think you'll see some meaningful tests in this arena. I think they're probably going to test it in Peoria first because hmm. if it'll play in Peoria, it'll yeah. play anywhere. Right. Something like that. So that's that. So DirecTV. You know, that's interesting because uh, they're all struggling, I guess, to figure out another additional product offering and you know yeah. compete with with cable. Although you know satellite uh, television is doing well, uh, making inroads into cable. I found that article that I was looking for earlier, yeah. and it's about uh, the car market change, uh, thanks in part to the rise of female consumers. Uh, Safe is happening more and more with automakers, according to studies from R.L. Polk as well as J.D. Powers. Hmm. This is interesting. About a third of all new registrations now go to women buyers. Another third of new car purchases, Ray, are made by men on behalf of women. And oh. that's why as just as many uh, new car ads these days tout the National Highway Traffic, Traffic and Safety Administration ratings as they do mm-hmm. horsepower. And some recent examples, we've talked about these on the show, Volkswagen's right. 2006 Safe Happens campaign. Absolutely incredible campaign. The new broadcast spots for uh, Ford's F-150 pickup mentions the five-star safety rating. Right. Uh, Chevy uh, Silverado, also five-star recipient. And Hyundai's print ads in a female-directed publication like O and, uh, mm-hmm. and others uh, hype its electronic stability control. So uh, mm-hmm. if you see these kind of safety ads, that's probably because, according to most recent data, uh, two-thirds of uh, purchases are either being made on behalf of women, women by men or, or by women. By women, By yeah. women. For men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of guys, his name is Patrick Meyer, and he's our marketing insider here on the advertising show. 
Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Let me share with you a little lesson about limited edition and how to drive your business forward. What do I mean by limited edition? Let me give you a couple examples. High-end watches that only 100 are made and they come in special cases and there's a whole story wrapped around them. Volkswagen coming with their new GTI. It's not a huge quantity that they're producing, but they're so unique. What does it do? It elevates the whole brand. The whole brand is revitalized just around the energy of those limited editions. Miller Beer. We came out with Ref Bottles. That surprised and delighted the consumer. Then we came with Son of Ref Bottles, which was the Kirk Busch NASCAR bottle. Those bottles were in such demand that people were trading out their cores and their Bud Lights to get to those bottles. So here, my friends, is a way you can energize your business and your brand through a limited edition. Number one, it's not about just creating something cool and putting it out there. You have to start with what are the tastemakers, the people that really matter, that create the brand buzz, urban, the captains of industry, those people that are relevant for your brand. Identify what they would love. Second, take your product or your service and create something that's intriguing that everybody would want to have. Number three, learn a lesson from people who have done this before. Make it limited time frame, limited number, and limited access. Number four, make it special. Premiere it. Preview it. Bring it out. Make it a big deal. Don't spend money on advertising. Spend it on PR and publicity. Drive it harder and harder. And that, my friends, is limited edition, a way to bring added news value and vitality to your brand. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. Next week, uh, by the way, it's going to be Mark Joyner as we get into the month of uh, June, believe it or not. Uh, Mark is the author of Simpleology, The Simple Science of Getting What You Want. And uh, we'll talk with Mark. I don't know what part of the country. Is it a six? He's oh, no. He, oh, yeah, that's right. He's in New Zealand. Zealand. That's right. Yeah. He's on a yeah. different plane. Different time. <laughs> a he's on a time. he's on a different day. You were telling me off the air. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to have him go get a newspaper and check the lotto numbers for tomorrow. I wish he would. I, yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Basically. Right. But Mark Joiner's uh, with us here on the advertising show. And thanks uh, thanks again to Leslie Zane uh, for being with us as well. ABC uh, changes five nights, adds cavemen and private practice. It says here. Uh, ABC is introducing eight new series this fall, 12 overall for the 0708 season. In total, just 30% of ABC's fall lineup will be occupied with new or relocated program with changes impacting the Monday through Friday lineup. So we're going to see the caveman guys hmm. on yeah. television, on ABC. I, what from, do you think about that, Brad? From Geico. The guys from Geico, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, it's not the first time that uh, they've tried to take people, the characters from advertising and, and make programs out of it. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if it succeeds. Apparently the sure. uh, yeah. writer and creator of that character on the agency side is a part of writing for the pilot, as I understood, Ray, from what I read about that. Well, that's that. kind of cool. I, I, you would think that, uh, that uh, they would have that. Uh, yeah, you know, as far as part of that thing, it's kind of uh, interesting. Who who owns the character, the client or the agency? I don't know. It's uh, a weird deal. I, w- I would hope that the agency owned the character. Well, I, I depends, don't know. Depends uh, on their agreement, I suppose. Three modern. Whoops, that was loud. Three modern and very different cavemen. The guys named Bill English, Nick Kroll, and Dash Mihawk struggle to find their place in the world. And uh, oh, there's also going to be one uh, on called uh, let's see, Carpoolers. Four guys from very different backgrounds compensate, oh no, commiserate about their lives, loves, jobs, and family 
in the carpool lane. That's uh, uh, it's Fred Gross, former Crossing Jordan star, Jerry O'Connell, mm-hmm. Jerry Minor, Tim Pepper, former Hope and Faith star, Faith Ford, and Allison Munt. Uh, going to be on the show as well. You know, if they're able to pull that off on the caveman, that should be some funny stuff if they're able to oh, I think so too. bring that That's through. Great. Yeah. Hey, by the way, the Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit them online anytime at adage.com. And, of course, we invite you to visit the Advertising Show anytime you'd like to here at theadvertisingshow.com. With Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe, the Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production.